Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Interpretation, please. One, two, one, two, three, four. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 7 of the One British Man English Podcast. I'm your host Lee Passmore. How am I doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for asking by the way. It's beautiful weather outside, spring has just about arrived, the birds are chirping in the trees and yeah, it's still a little bit chilly but I'm in Finland, what do you expect? I actually had a really creative week. I feel like the creative juices are flowing and I'll uh, let you into some new ideas at the end of this episode, so make sure you stay tuned. Let's just go straight to the topic, home education. Hmm. This topic really means a lot to me, and I thought, I need to do this right. The best way for me to do this right was to break it up into many subtopics. So I'm not going to speak about the whole concept of home education today. It's taken the best part of five years for me to reach this level of understanding. and I can't possibly cover it in one episode. So today we're going to keep it simple and just look at how the title home education is perceived by different people. I can see two sides to this. Those who have chosen to home educate their children and those who have been forced to home educate their children. And I'm talking about recent times during this COVID pandemic. These two ideas are worlds apart in terms of concept and process, yet they are being called home education. I disagree and I want to go into detail with each one just to talk about some of the differences involved. But before all that, I'll tell you how this topic came into my life and what it really means to me and my family. I'm happy to admit that my wife and I are critical thinkers. We look deep into something before we make a decision and we like to explore our options. And choosing the form of education for our children was no exception to this rule. We actually started talking about this idea before my son was born. I think my wife was pregnant at the time. She asked me, what are your thoughts on school? And should we look at some alternative options? And I said, yeah, of course we should. We started looking at forest schools. We started looking at Steiner schools. We started looking at Montessori schools. And this was great. It was a learning process. But eventually we stepped into the realm of home education. At that point, we didn't realize there were so many forms of education. We now know that it can mean many, many things. But we were more than willing to get stuck into this, read some books and really develop our understanding of what home education is. Since then, we've been riding that learning curve and we're still learning today. But we're here five years later with a five-year-old boy, a one and a half-year-old girl, and we are fully confident in our decision to home educate our kids. As I mentioned, there are many ways that you can home educate. So you have, for example, homeschooling, where you use the school curriculum and you transfer it into a home setting. You have something called unschooling, which is a more child-led natural process where the parent's job is to provide the learning environment rather than to push and guide the learning itself. You have other concepts, radical unschooling, world schooling. These all have titles, and actually the titles don't mean very much. It's up to the family how they do it, as long as they are consciously providing some way for the child to learn and to educate, that's fine. 
We're going with the more natural approach. We're going with my son choosing and pushing his interests and using that as a base to guide his learning and his education. If you ask me what is my job as a home educating parent, I would say it's to introduce, to support and to provide the best possible learning environment for my son to thrive. So that brings me up to present day. That's where we are with home education. There might be some of you going, but what is home education? What is unschooling? What does it involve? There are so many questions, but I think I'll create some interesting episodes in the future for that. For now, I just want to compare where we are in comparison to what is happening during this COVID pandemic when schools closed and parents are being forced to provide support and home education for their kids. For me, that's something completely different. So how did we get to this point? What kind of lifestyle changes did we have to make? What kind of commitment and preparation was involved to make a solid decision to home educate? The simple answer is a lot. There were a lot of changes, a lot of decisions and a lot of compromises that had to be made in order to reach this point. One of the biggest decisions for us was the location. We were living in England at the time when we started to discuss this and England was actually going to be a really difficult place to provide that learning environment and the resources we needed. It was perfect in terms of legalities. It's fine to home educate in England. It's socially accepted and there are a lot of people actually doing it. One thing that didn't work for us in England was the balance between time and money. In England, we had to spend so much time working in order to pay for bills, for rent, for running a car, and it was difficult to provide the right amount of time and resources needed for the future to home educate our kids. Luckily for us, we had an option. We could move to Finland, to my wife's homeland, and change our lifestyle completely. It was a huge step, but it was one of the deciding factors in our move to Finland. Now, I'm not saying that everyone has to move country in order to make that work, but you do need to look at time and money very carefully to see, can you support yourselves? Can you support your family? Do I have the time and the right environment to home educate my kids? If the answer is no, something has to change. A year later, we moved to Finland and it was like having a clean slate a blank canvas, I can't think of any more idioms. The first thing to do was obviously find some work. If I went back into a nine to five job, I would have put myself in the same situation as I was in in England. Instead, I decided to set up an online business. So I started teaching English online. This gave me the flexibility I needed. So in the future, when home education started to really take effect, I was there. I was at home, I had time, I could adapt my schedule and spend a lot of time with my kids. Alongside this, the maternity leave in Finland made things a lot easier for us. So my wife could spend a lot more time at home with the kids in the early stages. And this also created this attachment between us and the children. And it really has set things in motion for the way that life is going to be in the future. We've learned to be together. I work from home, my wife's home, my kids are used to having us around and we're building this relationship together. As things start to take shape, as my son gets older and my daughter gets older, that is going to be essential to providing that non-pressured, comfortable, engaging learning environment. 
things were going great. We had the location, we had the maternity leave, we had the new job and this flexible lifestyle. We were preparing ourselves and adapting. You have to remember that when you have such a strong interest in something and a passion for something, it comes from the heart. So for five years, our interest has just grown and grown. Home education fits everything that we believe in, in terms of how children should have this strong bond and relationship with their parents, about attachment, how children learn, about trusting their natural ability, taking away stress and pressure and expectation from that process and letting nature take its course with some guidance and with some careful preparation. In summary, home education is more than just a choice. It's our number one priority and we adapt our whole world around it. But here's the thing, and here's my motivation for the episode. The term home education is being misconceived. And I'm talking about the pandemic in the last two years and the closure of schools. This has resulted in kids having to take their schoolwork home and being supported by teachers and parents from a distance. So this is also being labelled as home education. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but it's a completely different ball game to the one I experience. So wherever you are in the world, you've probably experienced some school closure during the last two years and this awful pandemic. But how effective is this form of so-called home education when no one involved has chosen to participate? The teachers, the parents, the kids. This was an idea that came out of nowhere. People were not prepared for it. People could not adapt to it. There was no time to discuss how could this work? How could you change your lives to ensure that your children continue to get an efficient and quality level of education? Sure, there might have been some kids going, woohoo, we could be at home forever. What they weren't to know is they were going to have the same kind of pressure and very high expectations thrust upon them. It was not going to be quite as fun as they first envisioned. So you may have come across some different stories from parents around the globe really struggling and complaining about the situation of having to support their child from home. And you know what? I really feel for them. There's a reason their kids are at school. They chose the education system to provide education and learning. These parents have adapted their lives around that idea. They are able to work nine to five jobs, both parents if they wish. And I understand that. That's the choice they made. They definitely didn't sign up for playing the role of a teacher without any resources or support whatsoever. I do want to point out that I know some parents are getting on just fine. They get lots of support from teachers as well and everything is going smoothly, but not everyone. So let's talk through some of the issues that these parents are facing. The most obvious one is time. They do not have time to spend all day, every day working alongside their children. The second problem has to be resources. If you have one child, let's say 10 years old, who is quite a proactive learner, maybe you're quite a young parent, you have access to the internet, you have a laptop, great. You can spend a bit of time, you can even support this child at this age, no problem whatsoever. But what about if you have three kids? What about if you have a seven-year-old, an 11-year-old and a 15-year-old, and they're all working from home? You need three laptops. Does everyone have the money to have three laptops? I certainly don't. Training. Okay, in home education, you don't necessarily have to be trained specifically to educate your child. But this is not home education. This is the school curriculum, and that takes on a different path. If you're a school teacher, 
there is a training process of how you take the curriculum and you support and transfer it over to a child. Now, the teacher is doing some of that online, sure, but that comes with its own issues, which we'll get to in a minute. But the support process from the parents, are they able to emulate what a teacher does? No, they're probably not. And that's the problem. They put these expectations to emulate and mirror the school process at home, and that expectation was out of reach. And that brings me on to the fourth point, and that's about engagement, motivation, and desire. These things are hard enough for school kids at the best of times, but to put them in this home setting and expect the same levels of quality, proficiency, desire, motivation, without any distraction, was very, very naive. I worked as a teacher in a primary school here in Finland, and here's something that I've kept coming across during the last two years. In school, before a lesson, a teacher has a plan for the lesson. Now, this plan might take 45 minutes to complete, but that teacher knows before that lesson starts that they might not complete that whole plan. Of course, they have to allow some time to discuss and introduce the lesson to the class, to adapt to any unforeseen circumstances in the middle of a lesson, to discuss things individually, and also to put up with kids that are just talking too much and just not doing what they should be doing. This is accepted. For some reason, that idea was completely thrown out the window when it comes to providing a home education or distance learning. The expectation levels were actually higher than they were at school. They were giving the same lesson plans to kids and expecting them to complete the whole lesson plan and additionally complete some homework to accompany that. That's just way too much for a kid to take and we've seen that that has caused many, many problems for kids, teachers and parents alike. Oh, you can see this is a passionate subject for me. I can feel my blood boiling. Okay, let's get back to some calmness. <sighs> Breathe. So if you ask me, what would you do differently? What would have been a better way for a kid to continue reaching their potential to feel good about the whole process without this extra stress and pressure? I think they could have closed the schools. I think the kids could have gone home and done some distance learning but that expectation level had to come down a notch. Except that there was a break in the school system, except that kids were not going to be able to function in the same way with everything that was going on. Let them go home, let them connect with their parents, let them relax a little bit. It doesn't have to be a complete holiday, give them some work, but you have to lower the standards. I think that would have worked and I think that would have made everyone feel a lot better and a lot more comfortable. There was already a lot of stress in the world with the actual pandemic itself. To protect these kids' mental health, I think this was the perfect opportunity just to take a step back for a moment. There you can see some clear differences between how I see home education and how home education has been perceived by many people in the last two years. I hope that's given you an insight into the topic and if it has triggered some thought processes, hey, you know where you can discuss it? Over on the pod chat. Head over to Telegram, look for the One British Man pod chat and feel free to share your opinions and your thoughts and any stories that you've had related to this topic. That brings us to the end of part one. Now let's head over to part two and we'll learn some useful, relevant, everyday English that you can apply immediately. Grab yourself a cuppa. Let's do it. Yeah, it's still a little bit chilly, but I'm in Finland. What do you expect? 
Yes, let's start with some weather talk, like all good British English conversations. If it's a little chilly outside, it's unpleasantly cold. But we always soften this with it's quite chilly or it's a bit chilly. It doesn't mean there are chilies growing everywhere because that would just be silly. That's a different type of chilli. Silly chilli. These two ideas are worlds apart. Worlds apart. This is not too difficult. This is just to express that two things are completely different to each other. You can talk about people being worlds apart. You can talk about things or concepts being worlds apart. We use another idiom that's very similar, actually, when we talk about two things being on different planets. So planets, worlds, you see the connection. But we were more than willing to get stuck into this, to get stuck into something. This is a nice little phrase, and we use this informally. It means to start doing something with energy and enthusiasm. Here's a little way that you could visualize it. It's a little bit creative. If you were driving your car and you got stuck in the mud, for example, your vehicle is emerged in the mud. You also emerge yourself in a project at work, for example. And we can use this term to get stuck into in this way as well. We could say, I just want to get stuck into the new project. It means you want to emerge yourself in it and you've got lots of energy to do that. And it was like having a clean slate. A blank canvas. I can't think of any more idioms. I lied though. I did think of another idiom. Starting from scratch. This basically means the same thing. We're starting with a clean slate. We're starting with a blank canvas. We're going to start from scratch. All of these things means that you're starting at the beginning. Sometimes you can go back to the beginning, but sometimes you're just starting from nothing. Sorry, I just smacked my mic around the head then. I mean Mike as in microphone, not my friend Mike. The term home education is being misconceived. Misconceived. Now, you might think that this is just a synonym for misunderstood, but it's a little bit different to that. Misunderstanding is actually the reason that something is misconceived in the first place. Misconceived means to be badly planned or something that is wrongly judged because of misunderstanding. Let me put it into a sentence for you. The idea that leaving the EU was a good idea was misconceived. That was not my personal opinion, by the way. I live in Finland with EU permanent residence. Woohoo! But it's a completely different ball game to the one I experience. If something is a different ball game, it means that it is completely different to what has happened previously. I could use this sentence effectively here because home education originated long before the so-called home education during the COVID crisis. This sentence can change slightly. Sometimes you hear it as a whole new ball game. Sometimes it's a different ball game. Depends. I think it switches between the UK and America, to be honest. It was not going to be quite as fun as they first envisioned. To envision something. If you envision something, you imagine it as a future possibility. You have some pretty easy synonyms to go with this. You could say to imagine, to visualize, to picture something happening. Here's another example for context. I did not envision losing to this team. They are below us in the league table. I do want to point out that I know some parents are getting on just fine. The phrasal verb, get on. 
I would say this is one of the most important phrasal verbs if you want to learn everyday English language. I'll tell you what this means and then give you some examples of how I use this in my everyday conversation. I do that quite a lot. This word basically means doing or going. Let me explain. If I asked you, how are you doing? Or how is it going? I could replace this with, how are you getting on? Almost like, how are you getting on with your life? Another way I could say it, if I was speaking to someone and I wanted an update about someone in their family, I could say, hey, how are the kids getting on at school? It basically means, how are the kids doing at school? Last one for the football fans. If I want to ask what the score is or how a team is doing, the last way that I would usually use this would be in a sports competition. So football, for example, I would ask someone, how are Exeter City getting on? And it means what is the score at the moment or how are they doing? How are they performing at the moment? So how are Exeter City getting on? And usually the answer is losing 3-0. Are they able to emulate what a teacher does? To emulate. I like saying this word. It flows nice. Emulate. To emulate. It basically means to imitate or copy or reproduce the action of something else. So if you emulate a teacher, you are copying what the teacher usually does. Emulate does differ a little bit to imitate because emulate focuses on reproducing an action, whereas imitate is more about appearance and how something looks. For some reason, that idea was completely thrown out the window. If you throw an idea out of the window, it means that you will stop using or stop thinking about that idea. It's usually used with an idea. This is the most common way to use this expression. It's often used to express some kind of frustration or annoyance that someone has not used this idea that was actually a good one. For example, we had a really good plan in place and it took us ages to come up with this idea, but for some reason they just threw it out the window. And there you have it, another nice list of some interesting language that you can start using in your everyday life. As I've said before, it's important to pick the ones that you think you would use and focus on those. It's very common when you're learning a new language to take on these lists and lists of new vocabulary, but actually you're only using your memory. Just take a few and really apply and focus on them for a period of time. At the beginning of the episode, I teased you with some new information. So I'm just going to let you dive into my brain for a second so I can share some of my creative ideas that I had this week. I'm thinking about moving this podcast in a slightly different direction. Don't worry, it's not going to change too much. I really love this format and I think a lot of you do too. But as someone who loves language, especially creative writing, and someone who knows that many of you out there also use English books to improve your language, I thought it would be great to get some real authors on the show. They can talk about their books with me. They can create some really strong topic conversation. We'll have different accents. And of course, you'll be introduced to some new reading material. I think this is a win-win for everyone. I might not do it every single time or for every single episode, but I am reaching out to authors. So if you know anyone, if you're interested in doing this yourself, if you're a writer, please contact me. Send me an email at lee at speaktolee.com. I'm not going to take up any more of your time today, so I hope this was very useful for you. Enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy the weekend ahead. I'm going to leave you with this track that's been playing in the background. The track is called The Treasure Song and it's written by me and 
my three-year-old son, who is now five. Enjoy it and see you next time. Treasure song. This is my treasure.